Call Katie Case Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate for all of your real estate needs. Katie Case Bailey, Realtor Extraordinaire. Something to show, something to list, something to sell. Call today at 601-408-9980. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss To The Top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk. Here with your break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and salutations, boys. Good to be doing this early in the week this week, uh, doing a Monday night show. So ready to get after it. And the wizard of whiskey himself, Shane Lott. I actually punched myself in the head on that thump. <laughs> that one was stuck in there. How many thumps have you had? Uh, this That's actually my first thump All right, well. for the day. Hadn't even had a beer. Uh, going into this, just cold. <laughs> What's well, Monday? It is. It's Monday. You know, the reason we're diving in on Monday night is because the Conference USA Baseball Tournament gets kicked off this Wednesday up in Ruston at uh, Louisiana Tech. So we're going to talk some Southern Miss baseball. We kind of got a little bit of a weekend off. The Golden Eagles taking a bye week. And if you look at what happened to some other teams in the conference, that was not a bad idea on our part. Uh, so we're going to talk baseball and more. But let's start it off two weeks ago. Southern Miss was at, well, I guess technically it's a week and a day ago, if you want to, but two weekends ago. Uh, Southern Miss taking on Florida Atlantic down in uh, beautiful Boca Raton, Florida. The first game, uh, the Friday game, that was May the 14th. Southern Miss falls to FAU by a final score of 1-3. to three. Yeah, not the uh, best way that you wanted to start it off, especially in that, you know, going into that final weekend. Um, <clears throat> but like we talked about the week before, uh, we played this game. I mean, FAU is pretty tough, right? They just hit that skid right in the middle of the season, and uh, we knew it was going to be a tough test. And um, kind of like what happens to us, uh, or what happened to us a lot throughout the season, we had a a, a series where there's like one game where we just don't hit the ball at all. <laughs> uh, we pretty much had decent pitching all the way through. Um, but in this game, the only person that really shined from the offensive side was our good friend uh, Gabe Montenegro, which his dad made the trip to that game, too. I have no idea how he makes it to so many games, but uh, he is all over the United States of America watching baseball, and that's cool. Um, so Gabe got three hits. Um, Hunter Stanley looked great um, through seven innings, eight hits, three runs, nine strikeouts, uh, just over 100 pitches thrown. So anyway, he got some good work in. Uh, give a couple hard hit balls, but at the end of the day, it wasn't it wasn't enough. Yeah, I couldn't get the bats going. Um, you know, otherwise, solid day uh, from the Hunter Stanley. Uh, you know, Golden Eagles only giving up three runs on the day, but but weren't able to get it done at the plate. Uh, the next game on Saturday, the the, the kicking off the doubleheader, uh, Southern Miss taking on Florida Atlantic. That's on Saturday, May the fifteenth, and the Golden Eagles win game two by a final score of six to one. Um, our good friend Gabe had another good game, two for three, two RBIs, hit a home run. Uh, Reed Trimble, of course, uh, has had good games the entire season, it seems like. A couple hits himself. Um, and who else got two hits? Reese Ewing with two hits. And I see uh, Reese starting to heat up towards the end of the year as well. Um, Trimble and McGillis, uh, the captain, uh, homered as well. Walker Powell does what Walker Powell does. And he threw seven innings, five hits, one run, seven Ks, 94 pitches, complete game, because that's on the Saturday thing. It's like he throws a complete game every time he steps out there. And, um, and yeah, the, the, the bats just came alive. After that first game, we didn't know how we were going to react. And But the first game of the doubleheader on Saturday absolutely came out swinging. And, um, and you know, made it. Walker Powell made the rest of it, you know, look pretty easy. You mentioned Reed Trumbull, and Reed Trumbull – Definitely had a, a heck of a weekend. 
but that uh, you know so much so that he was named the co hitter of the week in Conference USA. Um, three home runs on, on that day as a whole on that Saturday. Um, so you know congratulations to Reed on that. Uh, but the second game of the doubleheader, so that's game three of the series. Southern Miss uh, defeats Florida Atlantic by a final score of fourteen to eight. Yeah, really, uh, <laughs> really hit the ball on this game. You know, um, that, I mean, that's a lot of hits. How many hits was that during during one day of baseball? There fourteen innings of baseball. I uh, got twelve hits in game number two. It's nice when you have more runs than you have hits. So fourteen runs <laughs> with only twelve hits. Uh, that's cool. Um, what did Scott Barry say to them Friday night? Because the, that wasn't the problem Saturday. You know, Friday was weird, wasn't it? Wasn't that? I know this is two weeks ago, but wasn't that uh, like we were gonna play, then we weren't gonna play, and and I think the team's plane got in really late that night, and they couldn't find anything to eat, and went to Walmart, and I don't know. It was, it was just a weird, you know, uh, some weird circumstances there, but. Are you are you blaming Walmart, sir? <laughs> Why not? Jump on the jump on the bandwagon. Is there a Walmart in Boca Raton, Florida? There is near Ooh. the airport. I know that. I bet it's like a Walmart neighborhood market, if right. anything. Yeah. Bougie. <laughs> yeah. Diamond crusted ramen noodles. Uh, yeah. Gabe with two more hits. Reed Trimble with four hits. You mentioned Reed just a minute ago. Uh, four for four with seven RBIs in this game. Holy smokes. Um, you know, nowhere near good enough to get on C Spire's list, but, you know, good enough for us. <laughs> so then the final game of the series, uh, that's on Sunday. It was an 11 a.m. start uh, as the Golden Eagles uh, took on Florida Atlantic once again. And, and the Golden Eagles came out just guns blazing. Eagles were up five to one in the top of the seventh, and then the game is delayed to, due to rain. And so, of course, we don't come back out with Drew Boyd, and things just completely fell apart. The Golden Eagles gave up six runs in the seventh, one in the eighth, and end up losing the game by a final score of six to nine. I was so glad that I stopped listening when that uh, when that rain delay happened because we were in great shape. <laughs> I was in a good mood, you know. I'm thinking we're going to close this series out three to one. Uh, but during the rain delay, we had just enough time to get down to the zoo and have a little bit of fun. So we took off, and for I, I mean, it must have happened really quickly because um, we load up the, the jeep, head to the zoo, get out, and I look at my phone and like you've texted me and Luke Johnson's texted me, <laughs> like everybody, or you know, just like these doomsday scenarios. And I look and we, yeah. Gave up six in the bottom of the seventh, two in the bottom of the eighth. That's not good. Um, so I guess maybe silver lining. We we looked great for two and three quarters games. Uh, we looked awesome, and then we looked really bad. So <laughs> uh, who knows, man? It's baseball. Four game series are not easy. Um, I think you could probably make the argument that um, you know we, we we were the better team, um, but Four games in three days. It's amazing, really, that we did as good as we did the entire season. Does anybody know if anybody from the team went to Walmart during the rain? <laughs> Man, it was uh, it was pretty. You know, I'm usually pretty even keel, but it was a pretty epic collapse. <laughs> yeah, was... and, and really wasted. You know, a really good start from Drew Boyd too. Six innings pitched. Oh, absolutely. Six he innings, had a one great run, day. eight strikeouts. Doing his best, Kirk McCarty impression out there and um and, and yeah. they, you know your back's against the wall you know if you're fau your back's against the wall you're down five to one you got nothing to lose uh they just came out on fire and uh and and, and took the game and and, and and really they've kind of put themselves into a position to where they have a shot if they do well in the tournament they have a shot to make the the ncaa tournament sure yeah i mean well and, and they're coming in hot and um you know, it's definitely a team that you want to look out for and probably a team you don't want to see on the other side uh, during the tournament. <clears throat> but it, uh, I don't know, it, it's, you know, it's it's really, I think it's a great thing that as a fan base, you know, we can be so bummed out about going on the road, um, you know, like, what, like 13 hours away, uh, splitting two uh, two games to two. And we're really pissed off about it. So, 
but 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 on the other hand, like you said, when we were texting after the game, although that's true, we still just kind of gave it away, and you know, right there at the end, and that's upsetting. Yeah, you're 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 looking at you know we're we're close to having a shot to host. It it dropped us, which in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. But that loss dropped us from a second place finish in, in winning the West to a third place finish overall. Um, you know, dropped our RPI a little bit. We're sitting at 25 right now, but we definitely would have been higher with that win. Uh, so it's one of those things where, you know, as far as you look at the season in a whole, it's not that big of a deal. But it, it's one of those things where you're so close, you're on the cusp. It's just disappointing to get that close. And, you know, with some of the losses we've had recently, um, when we've been in contention for this, it's just been uh, disappointing to see that happen. But like you said, I mean, it's baseball. you got a long trip out down. to, and, and it's a beautiful place. I mean, like, you know, I went, I guess, what, two years ago, and I was just blown away by how amazing everything was down there. So, I mean, it's it's real easy to get. I mean, they had a freaking Moet uh, vending machine. <laughs> the hotel I stayed at. It's like, Didn't you get security called on you like a dozen or so times? I mean, they were just like the pores are out. So just get rid of them. <laughs> I did talk trash to Lane Kiffin and and uh, all their players. Like they stopped and looked at me, and I said, <laughs> I remember what I said to them. I said something, and then we lost. But I did. I didn't. I was just like, yeah. I was like, let's go. Did you have a dozen roses from Joey Freshwater waiting in your room when you got back? I probably should have. That would have been awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, so Golden Eagles finished the regular season uh, with the final final record of 35 and 17 on the season, 22 and 9 in Conference USA. As I mentioned a minute ago, RPI right now we actually got a little bump over the weekend because of UConn. UConn's been playing excellent lately, and I think I believe they're actually higher than us. They are. The I think they're 22nd. <laughs> so we'll take it. Thanks, guys. Um, so we are sitting at uh, 25 in RPI. Uh, as far as the rankings go, all the rankings haven't come out yet because they some of them come out on Tuesday. But in the USA Today coaches poll, we're ranked 16th. D1 Baseball has us 19th. College Baseball Nation has us 20th. And Baseball America has us 23rd. So, uh, you know, by the time you're listening to this episode, there will be more polls that have come out. At this point, it really doesn't matter. We just got to get through the tournament this weekend. And uh, a shout out to Drew Boyd and Hunter Stanley. Both were named to the Conference USA All Academic Baseball Team. Uh, Nerds. I don't think any of us know what that entails, but congratulations to <laughs> the two of you uh, for an excellent season. So let's talk about the Conference USA tournament. As we mentioned, it's going to take place at Louisiana Tech. All of the games, except for the championship game, are going to be available on ESPN Plus. So get you an ESPN subscription. You can watch it on your phone. You can watch it on your smart TV. You can watch it on your Roku, on your Fire Stick. If you have the ESPN app, you'll be able to watch all the games. Of course, the championship game, however, will be on the CBS Sports Network on Sunday. So this, so Wednesday, and we're going to concentrate mainly on talking about Southern Miss with this. But Wednesday, Southern Miss is playing in Game Four. Uh, of course, they are taking on Western Kentucky, and that game on the schedule is listed for 7:30. Which, if you have kept up with Conference USA baseball tournaments, you realize we're probably going to be throwing the first pitch around 11:30. <laughs> um, that's just the way it goes with those. So, just kind of, um, it's going to be fluid. So, if you're planning on going out there, you're planning on making time to watch the game. Just know that it, if it starts at 7:30. It will be the first time that it started. It came for it started at seven thirty. Take, take a really good seat cushion going out there. <laughs> if uh, if the Golden Eagles lose that game, they will play at approximately four p.m. on Thursday. If they win, they will play at approximately seven thirty p.m. on Thursday. Then on Friday, if the Golden Eagles have lost a game of any kind. Um, just one game, one loss. If they have one loss, they'll play at approximately 6.30 on Friday. If they've won all the games, they don't have to play on Friday, and they just go to Saturday uh, playing at 12.30 noon. You can look at this schedule on the uh, Conference USA website as well as southernmiss.com. So let's talk about the bracket. So you've got the one seed is Charlotte. 
and they are on the opposite side from us. So Charlotte's taking on Middle Tennessee, and then the four seed Old Dominion taking on Florida Atlantic. Those are on the other side of the bracket from us. So our side of the bracket, uh, three seed Southern Miss taking on six seed Western Kentucky. Now on the season, Southern Miss was three and one against the Hilltoppers. Here's the tricky thing about that. So you've got the four game series. Southern Miss wins six to five, six to five, three to nothing, and loses four to nine. Cumulative runs on the weekend, which I realize mean absolutely nothing. Nineteen to nineteen. Mm-hmm. We were evenly matched on runs. And if you're looking at also, you're looking at the anticipated pitching matchup, which these guys uh, matched up earlier in the season. If they if they run their Friday night guy out and we run ours out in game one. Uh, they've got Jake Cates. He um, gave up six hits, three runs. Uh, three of those were earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts. Hunter Stanley uh, gave up five runs. Three of those were earned. Uh, he went 7.2 uh, innings, um, three walks. So, I mean, both of them uh, – I'm sorry, he gave up five hits – Three earned runs. It looks like the – how have these notes made? It, something got off. But anyways. <laughs> but you can see they both gave up three runs. Um, so it was a, a pretty even, evenly matched up game, even though the, and the Golden Eagles won that game 6-5. to five. So Hilltoppers, game five. It's not, a, it's not a rubber match. I don't know what you call that. Right. Well, and that series was, was close the entire time. And, and I remember uh, thinking to myself that we could have lost – nearly every one of those games right um and our, our pitching like it did the entire season kind of held our head above water for that series but um it's 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 one of the series that we that I, I didn't think the golden eagles played their best uh in any of the games and western kentucky's just solid you know they're just solid all the way around i was looking at some of their stats uh compared to ours uh in relation to conference usa and uh, both teams hit 259 on the year um you know, Southern Miss has has the advantage um, in the in the pitching categories, but as far as home runs, we had 61. They hit 41. So I guess we have a little bit of an advantage there too. But um, but no, it's it's a formidable opponent. It's it's I, I guarantee you that they can't wait to get another crack at us because they were just that close the last time. They're not going to come in scared at all, and they got their horse on the mound. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Then the second, uh, then you have on the other side of our side of the bracket. Wait, does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> You've got the two seed Louisiana Tech taking on the seven seed UTSA. So as far as Louisiana Tech goes, the Golden Eagles were three and five on the season against Louisiana Tech. That was another series that was extremely close all the way through. They were able to sneak out a couple of extra wins there, but you know, there were, those were games that, could have just as easily have gone our way um, on at least three of those games. So uh, Southern Miss uh, falling in the first game two to three, then winning fourteen to six, then falling o to four and zero, then falling seven to eight, then winning four to three in in Ruston, losing three to five, winning twelve to eleven, and losing six to seven. So one two. Three, four, five of those games were decided by one run. One of those games was decided by two runs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a very close series. Cumulative runs in those eight games, Southern Miss had 48 runs. Louisiana Tech had 47. So, you know, it's it's it's, it's it was a pretty evenly matched series all the way through. Hey, how does RPI work during the conference tournament? Does is that weighted heavily? I mean, is that weighted the same way? Uh, like like if it's a home game, if you're La Tech. I believe if I I I could be wrong on this, but I believe it is. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just I'm just kind of just thinking in my head with with you know the selection process going to happen that Sunday because and and I'm not trying to make it sound like I don't want to go and win this thing, um, but. Uh, like, what do you guys think is more important? Do you think winning the conference tournament is the most important thing, or do you think that going into a winnable regional healthy and rested? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know we have a whole week off and all that, but 
just in the, the RPI thing got me thinking about that. That it, it at the end of the day, I know we, that we we don't want to go you know one two barbecue, but um, if we can win a couple games, maybe just I don't know. No, I'm not, I'm not you, sure if, if you know if throwing the kitchen sink at this thing is necessarily the most important thing to do. Rings well, or nothing. This is Southern Miss, baby. We win championships. What? <laughs> well, it's one of those things, too, that if you win this, you've got a damn good shot to host. Very good that point. Too. Very good just, point. Just, you know, you're looking at the RPI of all the teams involved, mm-hmm. um, especially when you look at the top four. Um, you've got four teams in the top 30. So any game, you know, win or lose is going to affect uh, – all of, the RPI of all parties involved. Mm-hmm. And when we get to where we talk about hosting in just a minute, um, you know, it, it seems apparent that whoever wins the tournament, if it's one of the three of Charlotte, Louisiana Tech, and Southern Miss, if it's one of those three that wins the tournament, then they will host. If not, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if we even get a host. So, um, now, also, is, now, is that a foregone conclusion that if we win? I mean, is I know that the the RPI would suggest it to be that way, but if I mean, do you, do you guys think it's possible to have three teams host in the state of Mississippi? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Okay, and, and and we'll get to that in just a minute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, looking at the potential pitching matchup, uh, so if they go with their Saturday guy, which is Ryan Jennings, or are they going to hold on to their ace? Are they going to, um, you know? Are they going to run their ace in game one? Or are they going to hold them? You would think they would would uh, you would think that they would you know run it just like normal, but we'll see what happens. So if it, if it plays out like we think it's going to play out, you've got Ryan Jennings on the mound for Louisiana Tech um, in his first matchup with the Golden Eagles. He had uh, he gave up he only pitched uh, three innings, gave up what seven hits, five earned runs, he walked five. Two strikeouts. Um, then Walker Powell went seven innings. I believe that was a complete game. Uh, gave up eleven hits. Wait, that doesn't make any sense. My notes are okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> plummet on that one. Why is it so? Three innings. Okay, okay. Jenny seven hits, five earned runs. Uh. The, 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 my notes are – I made these notes, and they're in grid format, and somehow the top line got jacked up. I got Jamie into drinking bourbon. I got, and yeah, and look, this is what happens. A little well, boozy when he made his notes. So, so Jen, Jennings had, in that first game, three innings. <laughs> he, had, he gave up seven hits, five runs. All five of those runs were earned. Um, two walks and three strikeouts. But Walker Powell, on the other hand – Seven innings, um, but still that doesn't make sense because we won the game. They have six. Okay, I give up. Anyway, so basically Jennings won a game and Powell won a game. They matched up twice. So boom, bada boom, bada boom. There you got it. I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know how that got off. But anyway, so, so confused. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> will, will I or will I not edit some of that down? We'll see well, what happens. But, leave, but, leave it in. But but, in. but so you're saying that they threw off. I mean, if this is their this is their number one guy, he threw a Saturday. No, no, no. This is their two guy. Okay. So if it matches up, if they if they throw their number one guy on Wednesday, then oh, this is, this is the anticipated you. this is the anticipated matchup that would happen. Okay. Two um, two. Um, so we'll see what happens. They've matched off twice, and uh, we definitely owe Tech. It's going to be rowdy up there in Ruston, obviously. Um, so, you know, if that matchup happens, it's definitely going to be one to watch. And then you can't forget UTSA because UTSA has come on strong here uh, certain times of the year. Uh, UTSA and Southern Miss. Southern Miss was 3-0 and against the Roadrunners this year, winning 9-1. to Thirteen to nine and eleven to five in San Antonio in their quote baseball park. Um, cumulative <laughs> runs on the weekend. We only had three games. The fourth game got rained out. Uh, cumulative runs that weekend. Southern Miss with thirty three runs. UTSA with fifteen. So if let's say UTSA wins, Southern Miss wins, or Southern Miss loses, UTSA loses, and this is the the game two matchup. 
the anticipated matchup, of course, would be Walker Powell uh, in his game against UTSA. Um, I'm not even going to try to read the stats, but um, <laughs> he gave up he gave up uh, four runs. Um, oh, excuse me, he gave up yeah four earned runs. And their guy Grant Miller, two two point one innings, uh, gave up two earned runs, but it looks like they pulled him rather swiftly. Golden Eagles still won thirteen to nine in that matchup. I'm going to lay off with the matchups. That's enough of that. The the important question to answer there is uh, UTSA facility wise, better facilities them or the kids from the Sandlot. <laughs> you know, I think you have more seating in the Sandlot. <laughs> okay. Right. Tell you what, UTSA Next. can they can hit the ball a little bit though, so that's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, and like Jamie said, they did come on, you know, strong right there towards the end. I guess I'm glad that we got them earlier in the season because that's – I can't remember if that's before. Well, I guess we had just started hitting the ball a little bit when we started to play them. But they ended up hitting the uh, with an average of 304. For, that's good for third in the league right behind Tech and Old Dominion. Um, they are second in uh, in um, in uh, slugging percentage and uh, second in on-base percentage. So uh, they can hit the ball a little bit, so – that's gonna be a that's gonna be a good game to watch. Game one. If they lose a ball in the outfield grass, there, do they consider it a home run? Uh, I think that, they can. That explains some of the the hot slugging in late season. Maybe the <laughs> mower broke down. Uh, the field's getting a little pity at that point. Yeah. I think you'd have to consult with Davy Crockett and <laughs> see what Davy Crockett had to say. All right. So then the other side of the bracket, you've got number one, Charlotte, and number four, Old Dominion, neither of which we played. Florida Atlantic, the Golden Eagles were 2-2 two and two against Florida Atlantic. Obviously, we talked about that earlier. Cumulative runs on the weekend. Southern Miss had uh, 27, Florida Atlantic 21. Then Middle Tennessee State, Southern Miss swept the Blue Raiders, uh, winning four games, losing none. Cumulative runs in that game, 26-6. to six. If we end up matching up with Middle Tennessee State, uh, I will be thoroughly impressed. Uh, any more? You guys have any other thoughts on the Conference USA baseball tournament this weekend? No, I mean, but I, I will say, as far as Middle Tennessee goes, even though we dominated that entire series, those guys can throw it. Um, you know, their their pitchers, you know, have been impressive all year long, and it's going to be interesting to watch them against Charlotte because uh, you know Charlotte can really hit the ball especially hit the home run ball. So in that little bitty park in Ruston, that's going to be an interesting matchup. But 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 don't look past that 1-8. That I mean, more than likely, Charlotte's going to get by, but but middle has the ability pitching-wise to, to keep themselves in it. And in a tournament setting, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So something to look mm-hmm. out for. Well, we, we know what the mission is. Conference tournament time is here. Regular season is over. Uh, if we want to host a regional, we more than likely need to win the thing. So uh, let's just go win the thing. So let's talk hosting possibilities. So looking right now, um, you've got Arkansas, Texas, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, Arizona, TCU, Texas Tech, Tennessee, Notre Dame, East Carolina, Stanford, Ole Miss, and Oregon. Uh, word is that they are more than likely all locks to host. Then you've got some other teams that – it seems likely that a South Carolina and a Florida would get to host, but um, some of that may depend on what happens this week. South Carolina looks very likely. Um, so let's talk about some of these teams at the end of the bubble. And I believe this will come down to – so this is these are the 20 teams that were named finalists to host in the NCAA tournament. And let it be known that you can host as a two-seed. So we've done it. You know, we've done it. We have done it before against the Baylor Bears mm-hmm. um, back in the day. Um, so South Carolina, let's look at some of the resumes of some of these teams. And I'm not going into their biggest win, anything like that, just because it takes up a lot of time. South Carolina uh, is 33 and 20 on the year, 16 and 14 in conference play. They have an RPI of 14, strength of schedule of two, Massey rating of 22. This past weekend, they went one and two against Tennessee, who was, uh, you know, I believe ranked four in the polls, but in the RPI, they're ranked nine. Uh, versus the top uh, quadrant, they are 11 and 17. The quadrant number two, they're eight and one. 
Quadrant number three, they're seven and one. Quadrant number four, seven and one as well. They will take on the Alabama Crimson Tide this Tuesday, tomorrow, and Alabama has an RPI right now of 36. So if they come out and win that game, it seems very likely, whatever, you know, regardless of what happens for us to determine, that they will be indeed be hosting. Uh, then you've got Charlotte. Charlotte, and let's come back to Charlotte. Let's talk about Florida. Florida, RPI of 20. They're 35 and 19 on the season, 17 and 13 in conference play. He's an RPI of 20, strength to schedule of 22, Massey rating of 24. They went 0 and 3 last weekend against Arkansas. Uh, quadrant number one, they uh, were 9 and 14. Quadrant number two, they were 10 and 3. Quadrant number three, 5 and 0. And quadrant number four, they were 11 and 2. Uh, this Tuesday, May the 25th, tomorrow, they will be taking on the Kentucky Wildcats in the Southeastern Conference Tournament. So Kentucky has an RPI of 59. So they were somebody that was pretty much a lock, uh, have not played great as of late, kind of slipped down a little bit. Um, you think they get a win or two in the in Southeastern Conference Tournament that they will also be uh, slated to host as well. So that leaves Charlotte, Gonzaga, Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech, and Pittsburgh for one spot. So we're pulling for Alabama tomorrow. We're pulling for Kentucky tomorrow. <laughs> Ooh, but, I don't know if I can pull for the tide, man. But can I just big. be agnostic in that game? Yeah, just we'll just just see what just you know be zen like. We'll just see what happens. We'll just let it happen. Um, right. But as of right now, Charlotte uh, appears to have the best shot to get that final hosting spot. So Charlotte, 39 and 17 on the year, 24 and 8 in Conference USA. They have an RPI of 18, a strength of schedule of 50. Now their Massey rating is 51, which is not great. They went 2 and 2 versus Rice, who has an RPI of 174 last weekend, and we saw Rice a few weeks back. So that severely put a damper on their hosting chances. I would say before the Rice thing, they, you know, they probably would have got, had a shot to host uh, without winning the tournament, but going two two against Rice that really set them back a little bit. Versus quadrant number one, they were six and seven on the year. Uh, quadrant number two, twelve and seven. Quadrant number three, ten and one. Quadrant number four, eleven and two. They will be taking on Middle Tennessee State, who has an RPI of two thirty this Wednesday um, in the opening round of the Conference USA tournament. Gonzaga, thirty two and fifteen on the year. Uh, 19 and 5 in conference. They have an RPI of 24, strength of schedule of 72, Massey rating of 17. They went 2 and 1 versus San Francisco last weekend. San Francisco has an RPI of 120. Versus quadrant number one, they are 3 and 6. Quadrant number two, 5 and 3. Quadrant number three, 7 and 2. And quadrant number four, they are 17 and 4. Now, you gotta cheer for their opponent this weekend. They have a three game series at home this weekend. Against the fighting McGillises of San Diego, go, who have an go, RPI go. of 86. So uh, Gonzaga, right now, it um, you know that's one of those things where they come out and sweep, and we might not get any Conference USA teams hosting if if the cars don't go right. So Gonzaga is definitely one that that uh, one to watch for the weekend. So we're definitely Bill for you and for your son. And for your adopted sons here to the top talk, um, I have that with myself for every night. You <laughs> need to go out there and sweep the series. If you got to suit it, whatever you got to do, go out there and beat the Zags. This is baseball. This is not basketball. It can be done. If you, if you don't get it done, we're going to have Rick Maddox redub the I do that with myself every night and replace it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let, well, let's talk Southern Miss. Just so they, uh, you kind of get a point of comparison, Southern Miss, 35 and 17 on the year, 22 and 9 in Conference USA, RPI of 25 right now, strength of schedule of 48, Massey rating of 38, which is not great. Uh, we were off last weekend, went two and two versus FAU the previous weekend. Quadrant number one, Southern Miss is six and seven. Quadrant number versus quadrant number two, five and five versus quadrant number three, 11 and three, and versus quadrant number four, 13 and two. Uh, the Golden Eagles will be taking on Western Kentucky this Wednesday in the Conference USA Tournament. Western has an RPI of 145. Louisiana Tech, 
36 and 16 on the season, 22 and 8 in Conference USA. They have an RPI of 29, strength of schedule of 55, Massey rating of 31. They went 0 and 2 versus Old Dominion last weekend. Old Dominion, by the way, of course they didn't get a, a, a shot at being in the 20 of hosting, but with the sweep of Louisiana Tech, Old Dominion is up to 12 in RPI right now. Hmm. So, so that sucks. I hate it for them, but man, uh, versus quadrant number one, Louisiana Tech eight and nine versus quadrant number two, six and one versus number three, three and three versus number four, 19 and three. They will be taking on the Roadrunners of UTSA this um, Wednesday in the Conference USA tournament as well. So if you look at the three teams, Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech and Charlotte. These games again, you you win these games in the conference tournament. It's going to be a huge boost, right? And it it very well could boost us over uh, Gonzaga, um, regardless of what happens. But that's not a given. So you definitely want to come out and put your best foot forward this weekend. And not only that, you don't want um, to not face off against these teams because you want to get that RPI boost, you know. So winning the conference tournament's great, but you definitely want the shot at hosting if you're going to win it. No doubt. Um, so, does the Gonzaga not play a conference tournament? No, they do not. Okay. And there were some things w- with uh, I could be wrong on this, but there were some restrictions with COVID as well um, that affected certain teams um, in the running. But uh, no, they, I don't think they're playing a conference tournament. Okay. I think that's just weird. I mean, everybody else that yeah. uh, you know is <laughs> Sunday is kind of like the day, right? That, that they're deciding everything. Sunday is the day. Uh, yeah, they get a big they get a big old dose of Bill McGillis this weekend. Right. So, hmm. oh, you know, I always like Bill. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's one more team in the 20 we got to mention, and they have pretty much played their their self out of hosting at least as a one seed. And I guess something crazy could happen; they could put him as a host as a two seed. But Pittsburgh has completely fallen apart here at the end of the season. They finished the season uh, 22 and 19. 16 and 17 in conference play. They have an RPI now of 48, strength of schedule of 27, Massey rating of 45. They're 0 and 6 in their last six games against NC State, who has an RPI of 32, and Wake Forest has an RPI of 79. Um, I'm not going to read off their quadrants. They didn't even qual- they finished fifth in their division. They didn't even qualify for the ACC tournament. So, Ooh, wow. you know, I guess you could make an argument for location and hosting is maybe a two seed if that, but I'm not sure they're a two seed at this point, the way things have kind of gone. So, um, they, they are appear to be out of the running. I mean, I guess all the other teams would need to collapse this weekend for them to have a shot to host as a two seed. Well, I will say one, if they do end up getting a, to host for whatever ungodly reason, uh, let's go to that one. <laughs> Cause seems like we can, we can beat them pretty easily. Absolutely. Uh, I'm for it. Um, so there you have it. So there's the, so you pretty much have 19 teams in contention with probably about 14 or 15 of those locked in. And really the way that things are shaking up, I mean, unless the McGillis is going to run this weekend and sweep a Gonzaga, unless, you know, Florida and, and, uh, South Carolina, you know, just fall flat on their face in their tournaments, you're likely going to, have a shot at one conference USA team hosting. Well, let's uh, hope that the Gamecocks and the Gators tank it this weekend and Hoover and uh, we can take advantage. Well, I, I, I do. I didn't, I wasn't sure how to feel about it, but I do like the fact that we rested this past weekend. I mean, mm-hmm. they still, they still ran a scrimmage, but you know, our arms are what's going to carry us if we're going to if we're going to do any damage in the postseason, and to have those arms a little fresher than they might have been, um, you know, hopefully that pays off. Hopefully, hopefully uh, the rest was good for us, and and we're not going to come out rusty. Did we uh, play one scrimmage or four? <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I've I want to say we played two, but I could be wrong on that. All right. Well, uh, that's there's, there's a happy medium there. I like that. I think everything I say on this show, I purpose it with. I could be wrong about that. <laughs> but, I mean, isn't there just a general disclaimer? Like, uh, don't take anything we say completely yeah, seriously. You know, um, you mentioned a little while ago. So host sites. So the 16 teams that are going to host, 
That will be revealed at 7.30 p.m. Central on Sunday night. That's Sunday, May the 30th. So uh, they usually do that on social media. I'm not sure if they're going to have a, a, a revealing show or whatever you call it. Um, then the announcement for the pairings, for the bracket and the pairings, that will be, will be released at 11 a.m. on Monday, May the 31st. So I'm I'm wondering if we'll have any kind of uh, viewing party, right? Maybe mugshots or anything like that. The the restrictions are lifted in Hattiesburg, um, so you know if we do some damage in the tournament this week, that remains that seems like it could be a possibility. Those pairing shows are really cool too. Uh, I really hope that we get to go do that. I kind of forgot about them. I guess. You know, it only takes one year for me to forget about stuff. <laughs> but um, but no, those are always fun, man. And, and are, are you guys working on Monday? We, I have Monday off. I do too. Yeah, I, so that's even better. I'm, I'm, 11 a.m. That's drinking time. I might could make time to to jump to head on over there. So we'll see. Bro, we could fire up three quarters. Maybe, perhaps, mm-hmm. perhaps. Well. Speaking of uh, firing up the recorders, so before the season started, we had our resident Southern Miss baseball guru, Rick Maddox, on the show. You asked him some questions. He gave you some answers. How did Rick score, Jason, on, on the Q&A? Oh, I did. I asked him six questions, four of which we can deal with uh, with stats. Um, but but the, the questions that I asked him were as follows. Who is going to lead the team in home runs? And he said, Chris Sargent. Survey says Reed Trimble. Reed Trimble with 14 home runs this year. Christopher Sargent with 10. It looked like Sargent was probably going to win it until that last weekend when Reed just absolutely went off. But um, so he came in. So, so he, is, he was he uh, was he was one behind on that one. All right. Now the next thing I asked him was about batting average. Uh, who's going to lead the team in batting average? He said Gabe Montenegro. Survey says. Charlie Fisher actually uh, led the team in batting average. Gabe right behind him at 330, but Charlie led with a batting average of 333. Then we go over to the pitching side. I said, who is going to have the most wins uh, for the Golden Eagles? And he told me it was going to be a tie between uh, Hunter Stanley and Walker Powell. Survey says Walker Powell ended up with nine uh, a nine and two record, nine wins, two losses, and Hunter Stanley was had a record of five and three. Our good friend Ben Etheridge actually had uh, was in second place with six wins. Uh, with saves, uh, he said Garrett Ramsey. Survey says Garrett Ramsey. Remember at the very beginning of the year, Ramsey was absolutely on fire. Got a bunch of those saves right off the bat. Hopefully he can get back to form uh, come this weekend and tournament tournament time. The last two questions that I asked him were if it's going to be a successful season if he said if we host. So we don't know what the survey says yet. And it's going to not be a successful season if we don't host. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, I don't know what we're going to do with those last two. But he got close. You know, he got close the entire way. And you got to think uh, that, that Gabe Montenegro probably would have ran away with that with that hitting title if he would have just hit anything at the beginning, right? He was in like uh in the low two hundreds for, for quite a while and then just caught fire and, and, and does what Gabe does. Just, you know, rolls out of bed, barreling up the ball. But um anyway, that, that was fun to catch up with that and uh thanks for letting me do that and and uh, but no, yeah, Rick knows his stuff and uh almost almost got everything right. What we really learned here is if you ever need to know who's gonna finish second Patrick <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thanks for shaming Rick. Um Hopefully, <laughs> you know when the, when when they come around in the roost for the fifty fifty uh, raffle, you need to be the guy right behind him. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. Um, baseball. We don't have any stats pulled up for this, but uh, some former Golden Eagles are doing pretty well. Um, Nick Sandlin still rocking and rolling with the Cleveland Indians. Kurt McCarty not too far behind him. Kurt McCarty. Playing for uh, their AAA team in Columbus, uh, McCarty. This was from the other night. Uh, McCarty has a three-no record on the season thus far in uh, in, in the uh, AAA division. There, um, his last outing. Wait, see. So for 2021, his, his ERA is sitting at 2.66 right now. 
Um, he's having a pretty solid season, so maybe maybe we could get a, a McCarty Sandland uh, duo up there in in Cleveland at some point this season or the next. And then Matt Walner is just going bananas with the bat, doing um, Matt Walner things, doing Matt Walner things. So shout out to those guys that are are making it happen right now in in uh, professional baseball. Well, seeing what Matt Walner is doing, it really begs the question. How many illegitimate children does Paul Bunyan have just roaming around Minnesota? <laughs> Fair point. That's a fair question. That is a fair <laughs> question. Uh, some football news real quick. Southern Miss got another transfer from the portal. This one, Deshaun Crawford, a six foot, 290-pound defensive tackle transfer from Virginia Tech. Originally from Bay Springs, he also played at Jones Junior College, so good to have some more beef up there, up um, up front. Um, Kyle Hemby was invited to Vikings minicamp. He's been up there in Minnesota training with the Vikings, so hopefully he can land a spot uh, when when minicamp is done. And Tim Jones with the Jaguars. The funny thing about Tim, if you if you didn't catch this last week it was it was quite amusing so the jaguars signed former florida gator denver bronco uh new york jet new york met tim tebow he's going to kind of play a tight end kind of h-back position so they have tim tebow video tebow walking to camp and he's walking right behind tim jones and then he says something to tim tim Jones and shakes his hand so this was on all the sports highlight shows so um it was kind of hilarious to see Tim out there, uh, but Tim Tim Jones showing out at Jaguars camp. Uh, he was a, a targeted undrafted free agent for the Jaguars, and hopefully he can land uh, in the NFL as well. Better chance of making the team. Tim Tebow, Kyle Hemby. Uh, right now, Tim Tebow. Because Kyle doesn't even have a roster spot, he got an he is he's a mini camp invite. Mm-hmm. But Jalen Richard was a mini camp invite. Yeah, right. And showed out. And Tim made Tebow it. was relevant like you know a decade ago. Tim Tebow, but Tim Tebow as a quarterback, kinda as a quarterback. But his athletic skill set is old. I mean, but still, it, I mean, they didn't they didn't. They don't. They don't need. They get the first pick in the draft. They got Urban Meyer. They don't need to sell jerseys right now. Uh, <laughs> they're bringing him into play, and I don't. I don't know how good he's going to be. But if he would have done what Taysom Hill did, then he probably would have had quite the NFL career. Sure. Um, Great. And he has been playing professional baseball. Uh, I, I think. I think he's. I would be surprised if if he didn't uh, if he didn't make the roster given his natural athletic skill set. But that remains to be seen. Okay, so if he does uh, if he does make the team, <clears throat> do you take him in your fantasy draft? N- no, and this is a this was something that I'm really big on in in fantasy football. Play with other SEC fans because they will draft him, <laughs> and you just let that ride. <laughs> there would always be the most like outlandish picks and it used to make me laugh so hard like i, I was playing one year and this dude drafted eli manning in the first round and if you know anything about you know quarterbacks are not a priority especially in the first round unless you have like the top dog and he's he's showing out um but i always laughed there was always sec dude making sec picks that made absolutely no sense especially in the time they were taken uh so those, those are the guys you want to play with. I can't say anything because if there's Southern Miss dudes like in the league, I I have them. <laughs> really, they're like on, you know on my bench or whatever. I'm like I just like pulling up the thing and, and looking at them down there. I'm like ah you know what, I'll play Ida this week. <laughs> I did I did one time last year I ran out a DraftKings lineup with Nick Mullins, Ito, and Mike Thomas. Uh, and Jayla Richard, I ran out all of them. Wow. No, I didn't win. I didn't win any money, but I was like, I'll just put like a quarter on this and just see what happens. Because <laughs> if they if they all hit, then you're going to win the whole thing yeah. because nobody's going to have all of them. That's so. like putting your money on zero. Yeah, it really. But it, but it could possibly hit zero. It could possibly hit zero. Mm-hmm. So, 
All right, so uh, that's all the football update we've got right now. Uh, Shane, tell us a little bit about Southern Miss Trek. Yeah, so uh, Trek wrapped up the Conference USA season up in, oh, man, uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Let's make sure we get that correct. Uh, weekend before last, uh, you know, the same weekend as the FAU series. Get a little sip of throat liquidator. <clears throat> um, that that weekend, uh, the Eagles did not fare as good as I would have thought they had or would going in uh, from the performance of the regular season. Uh, the women finished in fifth place and the men in seventh in conference. Uh, we did have some individuals that, that stood out. Uh, Octavia Cato won the 100 meter with a new personal record of 11.51 seconds. Uh, Zariah Jones was second in the high jump. Uh, and if we're going to talk about high jump, of course, we're going to mention Corville Todd and Eric Richards. Uh, in that order, second and third in the high jump. Uh, the women's 400-meter relay team of uh, Flagler, Cato, Green, and Benson uh, placed second, and the men's 4 by 400 uh, placed third of uh, Sheldon, Johnson, Evans, and Butler. Uh, so uh, that was basically it for the podium finishes for the Golden Eagles for the weekend. Uh, tough competition there in the Conference USA tournament. Uh, we did have some members named to the All-Conference USA teams. Uh, women's first team was Octavia Cato. Women's second team was Zariah Jones and the 4x100 relay team of Flagler, Cato, Green, and Benson. Uh, no Lady Eagles made the third team. Uh, on the men's side, no Golden Eagles made the first team. Corvell Todd made the second team. Eric Richards and the 4x400 uh, relay team of Sheldon Johnson, Evans, and Butler uh, there. Uh, Dylan Evans and Sarah Parnell were named to the All-Academic Conference team. Uh, and then track season is not over yet. Uh, the NCAA Eastern or East Regional, excuse me, is May 27th through 29th in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, we've got a handful of Golden Eagle athletes that have qualified for that event. I know we've had some injuries over the course of the season. So not all of these Golden Eagles will be participating in those events, uh, but qualifiers uh, to go on to NCAA regionals are Elijah Miller in the 100 meter, uh, Octavia Cato in the 100 meter, Cardet Bienvenue in the 200 meter, uh, Trey Johnson in the 400 meter, Lena May in the 10,000 meter. Man, that just sounds like a long ways. Um <laughs> Markasha My or Markasha Myers uh, in the 100 meter hurdles, Landon Sheldon in the 400 meter hurdles, uh, the men's four by 100 relay, Miller Burton, Bienvenue, and Williams, the women's four by 100 meter relay team of Flagler, Cato, Green, and Benson, and then the men's four by 400 relay team of Sheldon, Johnson, Evans, and Butler. Uh, Corville Todd and Eric Richards in the high jump, uh, Zariah Jones in the high jump on the women's side, uh, Patricia, jo <coughs> excuse me, Patricia Johnson and, uh, Angel Williams and Ashley Asaji all in the long jump, Tyler Proctor in the triple jump, Markasha Myers in the triple jump, Isabella Simonelli in the hammer throw, and then Markasha Myers again in the heptathlon. What would you guys rather run, the 10,000 meter or participate in the heptathlon? Mm, those are big words. I'm Sounds not like excited a lot of about cold muscles and breathing Golly, hard to me. 10,000 meters. So how? what is that? That is... 400 one, is one lap, 100 football right? fields. Oh. That... That is 10,000 meters is the uh, European, European version of the uh, replacement song. <laughs> <laughs> I would walk 10,000 meters. That's the Proclaimers, by the way. Oh, nah, I don't care. <laughs> and guess, oh, well, the, the song is in miles, and that was an Australian band, so it should have been in kilometers. That's weird. Hmm. That's a good point. Good point. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they will be playing the uh, – the, uh, pregame show at the Independence Bowl next year if I had to uh, take a stab in the dark there. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a solid guess as any. 
Hey, so our friends at The Roost from from Rice broke this news earlier today. So Rice Baseball announced they have parted ways with head baseball coach Matt Braga. He was 51 and 76 and 1 at Rice over three seasons. Three seasons? I didn't realize it had been three. I thought it was just two and they pulled the trigger that quickly. Well, well, I mean, two years ago. Oh, yeah, last season in Cowboy. You remember two years ago at the conference tournament? It got a little ugly. Yeah, and that's why we hate him. And, and you know, and I really, I, well, I really hate it because yeah, I, I like Rice, right? I like going to the games. I think normally they're a really classy organization. Um, of course, we love, we love those guys from the Roost uh, as well. But just every time I've, I've been to a Rice baseball or football game, never been to a basketball game over there. But um, I like the area. I like the what they bring to the table baseball wise. Normally, I mean, you go look at that setup they have they got a beautiful park um with a backdrop of downtown houston right there they, they've they been to the world series like 20 times you know um uh it, it's really a, a nationally prominent program and this guy just completely ruined it so and on top of that he tried to kill freddie so you know the hell with him I'm glad he's gone and at the same time i kind of wish he just stayed because you know we could have beat rice up a whole lot more because they aren't going to stay down forever rice is still rice and somebody's going to walk into a gold mine there but this moron had to go. Yeah. Best wishes. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, you, you don't ever want to see a, a, a man lose his livelihood. But uh, Also, I want to mention that there is a GoFundMe out right now for medical expenses for Corky Palmer. So far, they've raised over $17,000. Uh, if you want that link, you can shoot me a message. We'll get it to you. It is on Twitter. Rick Cleveland posted it earlier. We've retweeted it. It is out there. So uh, if you'd like to give a donation to to help with the expenses for Corky Palmer, it would be greatly appreciated. Do you guys have any shout outs? I got a couple shout outs. Uh, this first shout out kind of goes to a bunch of people at one time. Um, but I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but our good buddy John Smith, who uh, handles the, uh, the the fathead creations of the new uh, fatheads every year down there, uh, down the right field line in the roost. Um, his son um, uh, got to go out to practice because he uh, he he turned a triple play in a t-ball game, unassisted triple play, and Coach Barry heard about it. He knows John. He invited him out to practice, and they got to uh, they got to watch practice, and then they got a little uh, uh, just uh, coach talked to the entire team with Pelham, uh, John's son, sitting right there in the middle of them all, and acknowledged uh, what he had done, and it was really a cool moment. Um, I, you know, I, I was kind of envious of them having that moment. But did you guys see that? I yeah, well, see that. you can fix that, Jason. Just uh, you get Jack to turn an unassisted triple. Yeah, play, I got to figure it, that. Yeah, well, first of all, I got to he's got to understand like which hand his damn glove goes on. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he can hit. He can hit it. Uh, just we didn't get around to the catching part yet. But but no, that was a super cool moment, man. And uh, if anybody out there uh, wants to see the video, it's on John Smith's uh, uh, Facebook feed, and I think the route there maybe the rally bike uh, Twitter feed. Uh, so go so check out those spots. Feed. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Um, and I also wanted to give a shout out to Fourth Street Bar. Man, that is such a cool place. And I had lunch there today. The meatloaf, the meatloaf is awesome. Eight ninety five lunch. Go by there. See our good friends at Fourth Street Bar. And the last uh, shout out I wanted to give was to my buddy Cliff Wren, our good buddy Cliff. He stopped in. He, he comes to uh, he comes to town once a year. Flies into New Orleans. Comes through. Visits with us and other people. Then drives up and sees his mom in Monroe, Louisiana, and then comes back down. So, actually, uh, just said goodbye to him right before we started the show, and he is on his way back to Tampa, Florida. So, just wanted to give a shout out to Cliff. Hey, speaking of, I got to give a shout out to the guys at Fourth Street Bar too. When I did the um, farm to fork run a couple of weeks ago, they let me borrow a megaphone to yell at people. So, uh, <laughs> much appreciated to. Slade and Bodie for that uh, donation there. Mm-hmm. Um, upcoming uh, comedy show, just to let you guys know, uh, the next one is going to be June the 18th, 2021 at Brewski's. That's a Friday night. Uh, be sure you look up Sean Patton. And make sure he's your speed <laughs> of comedy before coming out. Uh, $15 tickets in advance, $20 at the 
door. And also, I kind of, I kind of hinted at this on last, the last episode that we did. But my boss, my employer, um, it's going to probably take some time for it to make the rounds. But we have a show on PBS now, and it hasn't made it to our local PBS yet. But it's basically a um, video version of the podcast, The School of Greatness. Condensed down in 30 minutes. So cool. be on the lookout for that. Uh, PBS stations around the country. And uh, Lewis's documentary is going to be airing on uh, PBS networks as well. So be on the lookout for that. And know that I had absolutely nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on your coattail riding. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right, look at this. See what you think. All right. That looks good. Send it in. <laughs> yeah, approved. Good work, approved. guys. Approved. You got it. No, I work with a great team and uh, excited to get that out there. I think it'll be it'll be good for what we're trying to do there. Work. So that's awesome. Shane, do you got any shout outs or anything? I don't really have any shout outs per se, but more like a uh, Eagle Nation public service announcement. Just to be super cautious, while the conference USA tournament's going on in Ruston, nobody go to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know there there is a Walmart in Ruston. Mm. Um, hey, are, 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 are either of you guys uh, gonna make it, uh, the trip over? Shane, I know it's really far for you, but yeah, I'm I'm not. Um, no, I'll, I'll be watching on ESPN Plus. Though. Mm-hmm. I'll be watching ESPN. Hopefully, Plus. you'll be watching on CBS Sports. I will not because I don't get that channel. But mm. uh, up until that point, I will be watching on ESPN Plus. Okay. What about you, Jason? Uh, well, I, I have a golf tournament to play in on Friday. Um, so if I do go, then the earliest I would get there is going to be Saturday. And, you know, if we're still in it and we haven't lost yet, I'm probably going. You know, I don't know what their – how their ticket sales are. Well, and it's going to be a little – look, Louisiana Tech doesn't even sell out their regular games. I'm not real worried about – it's not even a big part. Anyway, but – if if Louisiana Tech is not in it anymore, then I'm definitely going. Right? Yeah, they're not anymore. Yeah, which I mean, if that's going to be a Hattiesburg su- takeover. If you make it to Sunday, they're not going to be in it. So that's a very good point. Uh, yeah, like, they're going to lot tech it at some point. Yeah. If it, if it goes that tech. far, then yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess it depends on maybe our boy Corey Diaz can give me some media credentials. Oh, those will get revoked. <laughs> Especially if they've heard any of our uh, uncensored versions of To the Top Talk. They, they got the raw. They get the raw audio. Yeah. Duggan will like but, see me coming through with the lanyard, and he'll kick me out. But but like you said, I didn't even think about that. Like if, if we get to Sunday then and, and we're still playing tech won't be in it. So you should have a pretty a damn good shot at getting tickets. Dude. That's a pretty easy drive too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, four and a half or so. Yeah. No, that's about right. no, it's not that far. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about right. You get to, I mean, and once you cross over the border, like your mile markers are gas stations that also double as casinos. It's weird. Or uh, strip clubs. Yeah, well, that too. Ruston, I'm not Louisiana from Hattiesburg. I'm four not venturing. Four hours and 46 minutes per this thing, so you can save four and a half. Man, I feel like it doesn't take that long. Maybe I just drive too fast. <laughs> I don't know. I was talking to my dad earlier. He lives in Jackson, and he was trying to figure out. He was like, how far is that? Like an hour and a half? I said, yeah, I think it's farther than an hour and a half from you. That's what it feels like. And, but he said, uh, he said, well, it only takes me like 25, 30 minutes to get to Vicksburg. I was like, yeah, it takes you longer than that to get to Vicksburg. Well, I, I think what it, yeah, well, maybe not. Uh, that's a straight shot. I mean, there's not a whole lot of traffic. You can make that pretty quick. Um, <laughs> but I think what happens is when you get into Louisiana, it's just a bunch of Louisiana and Texas people on that road. So just like going the speed of traffic before you know it, you've got crews set on 95 and you're just cruising. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, if I do I re- go, I, I, I plan on uh... – you know, it's somewhere along the line. I'll, I'll be going like Facebook Live uh, with somebody else driving um, on the way with you know Captain Fireball in the in the catbird seat. So 
Well, this will be fun. Yes. Good. You need a change of venue. Your OnlyFans is getting desperate. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I got Monday off. Why not? If we're in it on Saturday, and in fact, I might just kidnap Jamie. I'm just going by his house and just ripping his ass out of there and throwing him in the van. We're rolling. Melissa will ask no questions. She <laughs> yeah, she won't care. She's Josie fine. might be pissed, but yeah, 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 no doubt. I'm taking the cat too. <laughs> you feel, dude? Come on, come get. <laughs> I got two cats. You're more than welcome to uh, whatever cat you want. Um, hey now, I think we've I think we've covered about all there is to cover this week. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it, and as always, Southern Miss to the top.